everyone. Hi, hello. It is me, Allison Rosen. Welcome to another exciting episode of Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I'm sitting here with Ray Seahorn in Dining Room Studios. <laughs> She's a fan favorite and a favorite oh, really? of mine. Mm-hmm. Everyone loved your episode. You were on a few years ago. Yeah. And you know her as Kim Wexler on Better Call Saul in an ar- and in an array of other roles. <laughs> Um, welcome back. Thanks. It's so good to see you. It's so good to see you. It's, it's like, nice to be here in the dining room set. We've kept in touch a bit on Twitter. Yes. So, um, and as I was saying before we started, congratulations on, on everything. Thanks. It's so, uh, exciting to see you on TV every week. I think when we last talked. Was I in Whitney? I was Whitney, right? Yeah. And I think if I remember, I can't remember if gal. it was I love you that show too. or Crystalia. One of you I interviewed sort of right around the time you were you were trying to find you were waiting to find out if the show was coming back. I think uh, it was you. Would really? that ring a bell? Doesn't. No. Okay, then Sorry. it must have been him. Um I can't remember. But I feel like it was sort of near the end of Whitney that Yes, I but I don't you. think we were like on the cusp waiting. Okay. I don't think that was me. Okay. Then must have him. Anyway though, so when we last talked, you were mm-hmm. doing Whitney and um you were not in a relationship, I don't think. I can't uh I think I w- had just gotten out of a relationship. Okay. Yeah. Um, but we talked a lot about uh feeling like you well, both of us, like feeling like we didn't know how to date. Oh yeah, no. And Still insecurities, no um, feeling sort of unlovable. Yes, I remember all of that. <laughs> Tons of stuff like that. But since then you're now you're engaged, right? I'm engaged. And I'm looking at a wedding photo of you. Mm-hmm. And I've got married since then. That's too. crazy. When did you get married? Uh it was March eighth, two thousand fourteen. So yeah, we just had our thank you, we just had our um our two year anniversary. Wow. So did you get you did you meet that guy soon after we talked that day? No, I was already with him then. Oh, okay. I don't know if I was Oh maybe I you yeah, I think you were talking about the insecurities continue into yes. even yes. Yeah, because you <laughs> you said to me when he um if he tells you you're beautiful, do you believe him? Right. That was yep. and that like yep. sort of started us talking about about exactly. everything. So, but not only are you now in a relationship, because I want to hear all about that, um, you're also now on Better Call Saul, and I yeah. want to hear all about that. Let's start with that. Okay. How did that all come about? Um, I, Sharon Bialy and Sherry Thomas and Russell Scott of uh, Bialy Thomas um, Casting, which is, uh, they're just amazing casting directors, and they have seen a large body of my work, both that's made it to screen and that hasn't, because mm-hmm. that's what happens if you audition for people a lot. Um they thought that I would be right for the role and uh, right for Vincent Peters' writing and their um, their process and everything else. And so it was just uh, pretty untraditional um, auditions in the way that uh, you got fake sides oh, because really? they don't want the script pages out there. Um, and so I auditioned for completely other characters um, that kind of – they would graft characteristics that they knew they eventually wanted on the Kim character on these other characters. And um, we went through a long process that way, and Vince and Peter were scouting. It wasn't like they were too cool to be in the room or something. Mm-hmm. Um, they had already started their process with prep. Um, but then eventually I did audition with them for them and read with Bob and that was also untraditional in the most fabulous way. It was more, um, for any of you have that don't audition or for those of you that you, that 
those of you that do, you go in this process and eventually you get to a place where you're auditioning for networks and studios and it can become um, increasingly cold instead of increasingly um, celebratory or inviting Mm -hmm. because it's like, oh, now it's five of us that you really... And at that point, you're not even really competing with each other, the other actresses, as much as um, different interpretations of the role, both um, in appearance and the way you've attacked the role and the way you think and, and all of that. Um, when you say increasingly cold, do you mean in terms of like the feeling in the room? The room, yeah, because the they can be um, they can be in uh, large uh, theaters, they mm-hmm. can be in screening rooms, um, and. Uh, a lot of people just, you know, sort of taking a break right in the middle of their work day to come in to file in in suits and everything. That being said, there's always uh, there has always been a handful of people that are lovely and warm and you can see them. their smiling faces right. and they want you to do well. But but you are looking at, you know, anywhere from. 50 plus uh, people kind of sitting there with notepads and it's a little (laughs) bit firing squad. Um, And then it's done in a way that is not exactly organic to the way the scene would go if you were performing it. Um, Mm -hmm. So, and I, and most actors I know agree with me that there's just, there's, there's something different about the audition than how you would actually perform. Um, And with Vincent Peter and Melissa Bernstein, who was there and Mark Johnson, um, our executive producers, along with um, there are, incredibly warm people from Sony that I've known for a long time. And the AMC people are very supportive as well. Um, It was more uh, like an all day affair where each of us really got to show them our interpretation of the role and get direction, which is also very unusual. A lot of times you do an audition and you could have done a great job committing to whatever the choices you made as an actress Mm -hmm. uh, are or were and leave the room and really the feedback's like, "Mm, I just feel like it should have been somebody who's, you know, I feel like the role would have been a little more uh, brunette. (laughs) Right. It could be. And then it's like, give me some hair dye um, or which I've done or, um, but no, often it's just stuff that's directable um, and, and they haven't asked. And Mm -hmm. so it was great in this, in this case, I, uh, and I haven't spoken to the other women that auditioned, but we were all there f- forever, uh, getting mm-hmm. to really get feedback, try, you know, think about it this way, or what if it was this way, or how do you feel about that? And you got a lot of play back and forth with Bob, and um, and it was just, it was great. I left feeling like, well, that's how I would help tell this story. I really hope, you know, I really hope I get to, but um, but I at least don't feel like, ugh, my 30 seconds, I've been dying for two right. months to get this, and now, and I just messed it up, and I'll just go drive home now crying, so... So that was good. <laughs> right. And but but that audition for all the network people was not as Kim or was it? They the, in the end, yes. It okay. was it was as Kim. It was one scene. I'm trying to think did I I did not have the whole script. No, mm-hmm. it was just a scene that eventually was in uh I believe it was episode 2 or 3. I'm sorry, I'm blanking on that. Um but it is the phone call in the middle of the night where I got a lot of tweets about this, where I tell Jimmy to not use the robot sex voice. Um, <laughs> and, uh, he has woken me up in the middle of the night. It's a long scene. It's on a phone, which can also be strange for an audition um, because you're also doing a chemistry read, but but I'm going to pretend like you're not there because I'm on the phone with you. So <laughs> it's a little weird. You're just sitting next to each other. But Bob's great. He's a very, very um, generous actor. He was that day, and he is on set. And by that, I mean he... Um, He's a, he's a gifted comedian, and then in this role, as everyone has seen now, he's he's just a gifted actor in general. Uh, and he could very much um, go about the business of stealing the scene if mm-hmm. he wanted to, both the way it's written and his um, and just his magnetism and the following that he has, um, and then his talent on top of it. And instead, he's just as just as happy to 
uh, to tee up for you mm-hmm. and, and whatever you need in the scene and to give us extra time to um, to rehearse. We rehearse a lot so that Jim and Kim, uh, Jimmy and Kim look like people that have known each other for 10 plus years, um, just just in their language and the way they talk between lines, which I think is just as important right. um, in that kind of relationship. It's It's all the subtext. So he's great. When you do a chemistry test, <laughs> have you done them? <laughs> yes. Um, They're strange, right? You're not entirely sure what's being judged. Right. Which is actually, <laughs> that's another thing you and I talked about in the last episode. I was telling you about an audition where it was, it was for a hosting thing. And when I've done a chemistry test, it's, it's right. I would think they do it for hosting things. a lot. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the direction was, that was great. Can you do that again? But, but a little more sexy. And you were saying oh, yes. that's oh, terrible totally yeah, that's direction because ha- you can't play a no, quality. No, it's qualitative. It's yeah. Qual- what that person thinks sexy means and what you think sexy means. Right. And then what's right for what the character would think sexy means or the host or the show or whatever mm-hmm. that is. Um, they're all like these abstract qualities instead of, you know, if what they meant was could you try to, uh, you know, an action that you could play. Could um, Can you... Uh, like turn me on more? Or, you know, <laughs> can you tell the saying. audience a secret? That's playable. Yeah. If that's what they're looking for, you know, this sort of conspiratorial thing is what they think is sexy. If they mean, I wish you would wear a lower cut shirt right. and a shorter dress, which I think they often do, right. then, then say it and at least yeah. we can deal with what's on the table. I right. got told, I got asked, um, could she come back more feminine? Not in this one. Thank God, not in this one. But many, many times. Can what, she do a callback, but just more feminine? What does that mean? What does that mean? Oh, exactly. What did you do? Uh, I asked them to just be more specific. Um, to be combative in that situation doesn't move the needle forward, forward for any of us. Right. Um, not even on your most selfish, sad, I need this job day. It's still <laughs> not going to help because my guess at what that means is not going to be good. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Do you remember what they came back and said? There was many occasions. Um, on on quite a few of them, it was my uh, my clothing, which I thought was appropriate for character. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting, though. It's it, if I look back at the first third, because I did theater for ten years, and you you see that um, putting women in boxes there as well, but not I wouldn't say as much as on camera. Um, uh-huh. And I would say in the beginning, I would have to own. Um, and I'm curious if you did this, I would have to own purposely walking in uh, with an agenda before there was an issue. So there were times when I think I dressed um, extremely uh, like no makeup and mm-hmm. refusing to do my hair and very uh, shapeless clothes. And I'm not saying that character doesn't exist, but I can't say that I didn't have an agenda on top of just doing what's right for the story. And so I kind of have to own that for the first third. The middle third, forget it. I was like, I'm going to do the character. Mm-hmm. I don't need to come in with a problem until there's a problem. What What was your agenda in the first third? I want you to see, I want to be cast for my uh, acting. And I want to show you that it doesn't matter uh, if I'm the hot chick in the room. I was also, I mean, coming from theater, my first years and years and years of roles um i w- i mean when i very first started i was 55 pounds heavier and jet black crew cut hair i didn't know you i, I knew you were heavier because you told me that but i didn't know you which had still isn't like giant hair. it's no. not but it um but it you said definitely that- doesn't people didn't didn't want me to audition for the ingenue role right that's, no yeah. it was the cuckoo friend um <laughs> or somebody on drugs and um guess what they were the best parts they were the best parts i'm so thankful that I didn't run in that race. Yeah. Because I would have I would have not only lost, but just been um, 
shattered in a different way. I mean, there's uh, insecurities, as you and I have talked about, that go along with auditioning at all. Um, But the fact that I wasn't allowed to compete for prettiest in Mm. the room um, kind of was like a relief in a way. And, uh, And it made me think, well, I know that there are characters that don't look like models that are in the stories that I, that I watch. Um, and no, I mean, uh, and granted they were like, it was kind of like there was a shift. Um, I grew up loving Nick at night when it used to be all, um, old repeats Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, on, on taxi, I'm not saying, um, I mean, Mary Lou Hunter is dropped at gorgeous, let's face it. But, uh, and so still the men were allowed to be a little more character looking, but I do feel like, uh, 60s and 70s tell it all in the family and stuff yeah. there were these character there was a lot more character looking mm-hmm. people um and their looks were specific to the role and um so that's kind of like i was like i know there's a place for me i don't know <laughs> i don't know if it's on tv right now and it's definitely not in this room right now with these people <laughs> that i'm talking to but uh but uh, i'll do this and in theater there was um a big avenue to play just uh, incredible roles um although you know un- unfortunately that I got steered away from Ingenue sometimes then too. Like mm-hmm. I remember my first professional as in this has no affiliation with school. No teacher called for me. This wasn't in our school newspaper or anything. Um, I read for multiple roles in a, and um, in a Commedia dell'arte piece. And uh, the director said like, um, it was really, that was amazing. Um, I didn't know I was going to have to do more than one role when I got there. So I did it on the fly and uh, he was extremely complimentary. And then he said, well, which role would you want to go for? Because um, I'm, I totally want you to do the piece. And I picked the funniest because I'm admittedly a laugh whore. And so, <laughs> I mean, I, I had an agenda there again, but um, I picked the funniest one. And, um, and it was a French cafe singer who spoke of in a very bad French accent that was never addressed, <laughs> which cracked me up in the play. And, um, and he said, he goes, oh, well, you, and he says with utter deadpan sincerity from his point of view, um, he said, well, not that one, you know, I mean, that that role requires like the, the men in the play are attracted to her. So oh. and it was just like this big, horrible dot, dot, dot. Yeah. <laughs> like, right, right. And it's like, what are you doing in that moment? Like, demand that you're attractive um, right so yeah I, um i ended up playing a, a a male role and i said fine then the next funniest role is and it was a, it was a professor that was a male role that had no reason to be male there's no um there's nothing in the play that makes him have to be male so uh i got a really quizzical look then and then and and then he said yes and i got my first positive review in a paper after that one so it was good <laughs> um Incidents like that, did they make you angry? Like, fuck you, people are attracted to me. Or did you take it in like, oh, I guess that must be true? You know, I, um, I don't, it's hard, that's hard to answer. It's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if you probably, I mean, you're, I'm sure everyone, <laughs> I hope everyone has actually seen you in person. Um, <laughs> you're gorgeous. And I would, oh, I don't oh, know if you've ever oh, even you. had somebody, have, have that kind of situation where somebody says that to you, but um, I will. I, mean, I I've talked about my weight issues all the time on the podcast, so people know that I'm like someone who I used to be quite heavy, and I'm always worried about it. Right, we talked um, about that. Yeah, yeah. And, but I have, and I'm definitely, I'm so much bigger than people in Hollywood are supposed to be, but. I've never oh, had... Oh, all of us are. Oh, my God. Like, the best thing for your confidence is just, like, <laughs> go back to, like, like I'm from Virginia, and uh-huh. I go there, and they're like, you're anorexic. 
in LA, in LA, they're like, isn't it great that she's healthy? That yeah. she has like a real body. And I'm like, oh, all right. Yeah. Um, no one has ever, I'm like waiting for the moment when, where someone sits me down and tells me I need to lose weight or something. And it hasn't happened. That's and I awesome. think, I think it is getting better. Yeah. I do. I do. I think so too. I mean, I look at, I look at women that I admire who are bigger and I like them better at the big, at their bigger size. I mean, it's, it's people in comedy, but I don't know. Like right now I have to, tonight actually, I have to send photos of a few different looks, hmm. um, for this project that, I, that I'm shooting next week. And this is like my personal hell is the idea of sending a head to toe, head to toe photos of me in different outfits. What's it for? Why do you um, need head to toe? Head to toe is a horrifying thing. Yeah, Nobody I know. It's, um, I'm, I'm, we're doing a pilot presentation okay. for a show that I created. I mean, it's all me. Um, and they, I was, the producer said to me, what you don't want is for the network, even though there's not a network attached yet to be like, we love it, but we don't like her shoes or something like that. And so then I started getting like all nervous about wardrobe. And then I was like, well, let's get a stylist. Um, but then in the end, it's like we hadn't, we hmm. have enough money for like either this thing we need or a stylist. So mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to wear clothes that I feel confident in and it'll be fine. And he's like, that sounds great. But still send, you know, me and the production company some different looks. So do you feel like they mean, do you feel like, their sights are set on what tells this story the best, or this is about um, them wanting to uh, weigh in on your attractiveness in their eyes. I don't know. That's a good question. I haven't even thought about that. Because I I will sit down, and I have, I will sit down with people that want to talk about low-cut low shirts and tight mm-hmm. stuff if that is appropriate for, for the character. Because those women exist. I know those women. Right. <laughs> I know the people that use that. Um, you know, to put their, that's what they think is putting their best asset forward. Um, and likewise, I mean, like when I said I would go in, like, even when I lost weight, I would go in and like misshapen clothes and stuff. And I think I was, I think I was scared to mm. be, um, because I'm still a character actor and I still look like one. So when you go, at least in American television, you know, um, it would be like, you'd go in for like the, the ordinary friend. And there were women that I also was, earlier that day at auditions for for commercial stuff that was like the bikini babe where i'm definitely not getting the raw and i'm like well that's how is that ordinary these are like bikini models going in for ordinary girl um so yeah you can get it's hard you want to you want to do what's best for the story and the reason i i think a huge part of the change has been all the um all the other platforms for both cable and the rise of the incredible writing in Mm -hmm. cable um premium cable included uh but that used to be the only like area um so now there's fx and amc and fx fxx and um i can't even name them all and and then amazon and netflix and hulu to me they reflect almost a more european sentiment of uh visually Mm -hmm. um both cinematic type structuring as well as a variety of attractiveness which in a way circles back to what you were asking me do what do i think when that guy says that i i I felt attractive as a whole, as a whole picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did have guy. I, it wasn't like I sat, I was sitting at home crying um, and could never get uh, dates. And it was a wide range of um, 
it could be a popular good looking guy mm-hmm. or like the outcast guy whose I know shape you liked looks the like skaters. Me. I did like the skaters. <laughs> they did not like me. That's true. They liked hanging out with me, but they didn't like dating me. And I was often the girl that's like, you're such a good friend, you know? Yeah, same. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but I felt, um, I felt attractive. You know, it's, it's, I felt the broader definition of attractive, mm-hmm. um, of like, are, do you attract people to want to be around you? Like and magnetic. to that, I would have said, yeah, yeah. I, I did. I thought I was empathetic. Um, I thought I was a good listener. Uh, I thought I was um, funny. I was the first person to volunteer to help somebody. Um, and I was decidedly obsessed with trying to walk in other people's shoes, which is why I was obsessed with acting. So there was a lot of, I think I was, yeah, I think I was a good friend. And to me, that was attractive. Why do you think you were obsessed with wanting to walk in other people's shoes? I can't. I think if I had a whole nother life, I would be a uh, behavior behavioral therapist or something. Um, I'm just. I'm endlessly fascinated with what makes people tick. Um, like even when even when something even when somebody does something um, that I find unethical or immoral or feels like a betrayal or or upsets me in some way. I feel myself gravitate towards the the why mm. to an obsessive degree. I want to know the person at a four-way stop sign on my way here. The person, we can all see we're going clockwise, everybody. <laughs> this is what we're doing um, as far as people turning left and right, not the, I know right. I know you can go straight. Um, no one can see my hands. You guys, I'm doing diagrams. And it's not helping because <laughs> this is a podcast. <laughs> they can feel I'm the hands. I'm going to send some drawings wind, over the later. against the microphone. It's amazing. But, um... <laughs> And then the person that like just goes anyway, and they know it's their not turn. Yeah. I can see in your eyeballs that you know it's not your turn. I can't. I don't. I don't have any like road rage, which drives some people crazy. I could care less. Mm-hmm. But um, but I'll just drive away going like, what were they, why? Why do they think they opposite uh, or operate outside of the rules? Um, likewise, if somebody seems to have a totally charmed life, we know that nobody's without um their own pitfalls or their own flaws mm-hmm. and um. I'm just, I, I, would, I could like watch people all day trying to figure out what their deal is. So when I approach text, uh, it's the same thing. I want to know, I was just saying this on, on um, forgive the repeat, but I, uh, I was talking about the um, podcast, on the podcast for Kelly Dixon for um, Better oh, Call Saul. Yeah. Um, yeah. Kelly does a great job with that. Um, and it's also partially due to uh, Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould just utter transparency about the craft. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people think um, it sounds more magical if you won't tell anyone what you're doing and they're totally the opposite. Um, yeah. But uh, even something like where somebody doesn't speak and Kim is very much, uh, my character Kim is very much about what she doesn't say as much as what she does say. And I find it fascinating, the endless amount number of reasons for why people don't speak at any certain time to me <laughs> is as interesting mm-hmm. as... Uh, as speaking. And so I don't know. That's why I'm fascinated by the scripts and the and the um and the characters, especially in the work I'm doing right now. It's just it's so it's so layered and you answer some questions and raise two more. Let me ask you a psychological question. Okay. Um so being so fascinated with the why of people's behavior, mm-hmm. do you feel did that ever um make you maybe stay in situations that you should have gotten out of or allow yourself to be mistreated. And the, uh, the reason I ask is um, my husband and I were just having a long conversation about this. Like both of us 
in the past were always not with each other, but like so quick to be like, well, he loves me. He's mm-hmm. just X, Y, Z. And that's why he's behaving this Absolutely. way. Yeah. Okay. That's a good, I never drew that comparison, but you're right. Yeah. Cause I, you're right. It's not like I'm a doormat, but I can stay focused on the project. Mm-hmm. Not always fixing, but more, um, yeah, you're right. The wise. And even in um, business as well and friendships. Um, yeah. And some, some of my like day jobs I've had in my lifetime, letting a boss, you know, take advantage of you, um, monetarily or uh asking you to do extra hours and i'll think like i bet that person has no power anywhere else like they have (laughs) they desperately need to like wield all power while at the cd store with me in the classical Mm -hmm. section at all times um and i do and i'll and i'll allow it just because yeah but that makes no sense that's been like such a big thing i've been trying to but your husband too yeah because i was wondering if it was a gender thing you know I want to say it probably is women more because I, you know, if we're going to make sweeping generalizations, we should, we're, we should or shouldn't, we should, then we're more empathetic. Times. We're more empathetic. I'll, we're more tuned in. I'll just be in the other room. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> I understand why. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, my husband, but he also is this way, but I think, I think cerebral people are that way a lot. Yeah, I think so. Because what I was going to say, I feel like really, it should just come down to what were the other person's actions and how did it make you feel? Right. And if it makes you feel, sh- I mean, obviously not a thousand percent of the time, but like if it makes you feel shitty, look at what's going on. Right. Instead of this convoluted thing that I always do of like, first of all, this negative feeling I'm having, I'm not really having it. And if I am, it's because of this thing going on in my life. It's not this situation. Mm-hmm. And this person had this kind of up. I mean, it's like this oh, crazy totally. yeah, calculus yeah, yeah. Yep. to avoid facing something that's gonna i think make me have to take an action that scares me Mm. like i this is a bad situation or this is a this or right i'm not like that so much anymore but i for years and years i think that empathy kept me in situations i shouldn't have been in Hmm. yeah i'm gonna have to think about that it's a it's a good conclusion to draw and parallel to draw like to link those two Mm. um certainly i have boundaries and i i mean my heart goes out to anybody that's actually like in some sort of abusive situation yeah. but, but you do hear people making excuses i guess it's like the rationalization that goes down a rabbit hole mm-hmm. you know it's just like every step of the way you rationalize another day and then another day and another day and now it's five years or something right um thankfully thank god i've never been in that situation but i do i do i do logic myself to mm-hmm. t- into a corner for sure I paralyze myself out of making decisions. Yes. I'm <laughs> terrible with decisions. Are you like across the board bad with decisions? Yes. Yes. Are you afraid to make the wrong one? Yes. I it, it ha- I have issues with things that don't have a black and white answer mm-hmm. because my first, my initial reaction is always um, a smarter person can figure this out. <laughs> always. And I'm just like, work harder, Seahorn. Research. Do some more. Yeah. Think harder. Think it, think it, think it, think it, think it. And, um, and the truth is just like there's no guarantees with some decisions. Right. There's no right or wrong. Um, things that have finances attached to it will add a whole extra layer to me. Like, um, and it's weird. It'll be the same with like buying a car. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I just have to like, I have to give myself like a cut off. There's yeah. no amount of research that's going to definitively tell you that you bought the best 
and most economic in whatever situation right. you're in um, car that has the best resale value and blah, 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 blah. There's, there is no definitive answer to that. And then I will do the same thing, like walking around in, you know, some sandals at Marshall's. They're like seven ninety nine, And I'm like, mm, I yeah. don't know if they're telling the truth that they used to be 11. And <laughs> do I really need these? <laughs> Just like, I have to come back. I'll leave. And then I'll say like, if you're still thinking about them on Monday, then you really want them. Um, and the, yeah, I just, I'm always searching for, uh, a real answer. I've been better about that though. A lot of therapy, mm-hmm. <laughs> a yeah. lot of therapy to just, to just jump. And then reading things like, um, blink over and over by Malcolm Gladwell. Um, and I that, need to read that. It's so, I honestly think it's like a spiritual text. Like I, it feels spiritual to me in that idea of, trusting your instincts and and all the um studies he talks about as far as big purchases meaning um i think it's is do you know what it is that for big purchases like it's something like 300 dollars and up or something I we're talking tvs to houses yeah i don't know what the breaking point is but i, I know what you're talking and about. and he talks about that they did these studies where um they took uh you know, like a hundred people and 50 of them were allowed to research as long as they wanted to before they made a decision. And then 50 of them had to, uh, do, you know, do some minimal research, be an informed consumer for like three days and you're cut off and you have to make a decision. And then they went back and revisited these people, whether they got a big screen TV for the first time in their life or a car, um, they went back two years later to ask them how they felt about their purchases. And the people that had to cut off their research were like, in general, like, yeah, no, you know what? I liked it. I, I, I'm happy with the car and I think I made a good choice and I've seen, I've seen, some, you know, my neighbor had a good car, but I'm, I actually, uh, I think mine's good. Yeah, it's great. Which, you know, kind of, and then some people love them and some people had a few more questions, but pretty much just in the middle, like, it's fine. The, um, but the factor that was uniform was all the people that did the tons of research endlessly were still second guessing themselves. None that's of them so interesting. were happy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because if that's, if your if your goal was not to be happy but to right. be right, which we all know oh, is death so in arguments, yeah, yeah. Um, then you're not you're not done anyway. You're still right. you are never going to be done. Right. Um, oh, that's so interesting. So I try. You know, I mean, I felt you you fell in love and got married. I mean, there are t- there there are chapters of my life where I would have spun myself to death trying to figure out like should I see. Big stuff like that's a weird. Like I bottomed out trying to buy a Sonicare toothbrush online. <laughs> oh my god, there's so. Mine was given to me as a gift. Yeah, if there's too many choices so too, I can't. Many choices. I can't. So each choice involved then having to go look up reviews and it's figure endless. out this. And then finally, I'm like, I want that one. But oh, it comes in three different colors. I'm like, I mean, I can. Did you just pick one? Ultimate. I mean. I didn't just pick one. I did pick one, <laughs> but it took me a long time. Give yourself uh, a cutoff. Yeah. I think it's a good exercise. So that is when I was like, I, well, I've always known I have a problem with stuff like this, but I mean, but not I, marriage. No, the big, I mean, things, I'm not afraid. Don't get me wrong. I can't wait to marry this guy, but I'm just saying like at another time in my life, even like getting, making any kind of mm-hmm. commitment is just scary to me. Unpacking my boxes in my apartment in Burbank was have, scary for like seven years. I have trouble doing that. For some reason, big things are Jeff easier for me. around your house for boxes. <laughs> I, people always no, ask I, if I just moved in I was boxes ju- I everywhere. I was just glancing over your shoulder noticing that the Christmas tree was finally put oh, away. Oh yeah, we finally took it down. Nice. Finally. Yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, for some reason, like big, Big's okay where I wanted you. to go to college was not a question or which college. Um, Where'd you go? I went to Pomona College. Okay. In Claremont. Yeah. And initially I thought I wanted to go um 
to read in Oregon and then I visited it and I didn't love it. And What'd then you I, go for? Journalism? Acting? English. English. Yeah. And I then I went to, that. I visited Pomona cause, and beforehand I was like, I, there's no way I'm going to a school that's an hour away from where I grew up called mm. Pomona that I've never heard of. <laughs> it's actually a very good school. But, um, but then I went and I, I spent a weekend there and I had the best time and I was like, I could totally see myself going here. So I applied to early decision and I got in and like there's it's weird things like that are falling, you know, knowing that I wanted to to marry my husband um, or moving to New York. Those weren't hard for me. What's hmm. hard for me is like I need to buy a notebook. Which color should I get? Really? I will sp- it's so much time. And it's always. Do you think it's because the larger decisions apparently are giving you this this fix of a feeling of like i definitely know i get I, my gut is telling me i know are you yes. waiting for that at cbs looking at the notebooks it's i feel embarrassed admitting this but i honestly think it's i go it's it's like which color do i like best and then i think how will how will other people regard me if i'm <laughs> the person who has the green notebook am really? i the person with the green notebook or am i the person with the blue notebook I some before I when I had my old car I would spend just countless hours in traffic actually uh but in traffic spending my countless hours in traffic thinking what color will my next car be and then I would think huh how but how, like or maybe am I a person who drives it's this going back toggling back and forth between like what do I think and what do I want and then how will I be seen Interesting. even something this this sounds so crazy, but like That's something funny. like and then my, you chose a medium where you can't be seen. Yeah, <laughs> but I do TV stuff too. That's true. That's so, true. That's yeah. true. Which is like highly judged, right? I mean, that's great. You picked a business where you're just. I mean, you're not wrong that people are judging. Yeah, what, I know everything you wear and what you do. <laughs> Hence, your head to toe pictures with your shoes. Yes, I know. I'm gonna judge the shit out of those. Thank you. <laughs> so for you, though, big decisions are just as hard as little ones. Yes, although much better now, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've really, I've just really, I've just really worked hard on it. I think this is a better chapter in my life for decision making. Um, and some of that is the therapy and, um, you know, different groups that you find that help you look at like, what are the triggers and what makes you, um, what's behind that, the decision making. And then some of it's just straight up technical. Like I said, reading Blink and realizing I just need to cut myself off mm-hmm. from the, you. You get you get an hour to make this decision, or you get a week to make this decision, and then you have to do the best you can. Um, and and then also by um, just routine and habit and repetition, I see the results. That like I'm not any I'm not any less happy with stuff that I with the notebook that I just buy really fast mm-hmm. and go on and the, and also the yeah, flip side is the judging doesn't stop the judging yeah. doesn't stop anyway and uh i would i i kept my old car my honda civic hybrid that was literally falling apart and had all these recalls on it and was just not it was like a death trap um is that slander against honda <laughs> am i in trouble <laughs> I don't it, was, think so. it was an airbag thing and like everybody knows i was in the paper and all that um but it was all beat up and junky and i'd been in a couple of fender benders none of them my fault um and uh, I kept it partially because people were so up my ass that I needed to get a new car. And that especially like driving up to like events and stuff that it just looks really, really bad. And mm-hmm. like I didn't want to admit it, but I know that I was keeping it partially. Mine's almost the opposite. Uh. I'm so mad that I can't control 
And that's what it is. I want control. It right. isn't really um, vanity like it's just a terrible world out there that people don't think we're beautiful all the time. Like it's control. I mm. want to control how it's how I'm seen and, yeah. and you have no control over it and you have to let it all go. And some people are going to like you and some people are going to hate you and some people are going to think you're more attractive chunky and um, <laughs> some people aren't. And and uh, yeah, with the car, especially in L.A., as you know, like you're then additionally um, you just feel um and many metropolitan cities are like this but there's it seems like there's a magnification of the uh looks and objects mm-hmm. and material possessions sure. and stuff and that's another race if you get in like you're not winning i mean you're not <laughs> there's no there's no winning that one um so i'll fight to like it's it's just another to version of me showing game. up in sweatpants to uh, an audition for a girl that's supposed to be hot mm-hmm. um yeah so i finally had to like change and then was terrified of that i got a um Lexus CT200 hybrid, which turned out to be like the same price as a Honda, by the way. And I love this car, but a part of me was like, people are going to think I'm a snotty snot because I got a Lexus. <laughs> They're going to make fun of me. And by the way, if I go home, like you, I do, you, where are you from? I'm from Orange County. Okay. I am from a land of uh, status bullshit. Oh, really? Okay. It's pretty, I don't it's pretty know that much about Orange County. Yeah. So no, do you get any kind but... of like, um, wow, you've really gotten uh, kind of snotty, like for no reason? No. No, on the contrary, when I moved back after college, I remember driving to um, the grocery store in my beat-up Honda that had a bunch of stick band stickers on it mm-hmm. and it was in a, a big dent on it, and getting out of the car and thinking, I bet people think I'm the help right now. Oh, like, really? I just don't fit in in this cra- in this manicured crowd anymore. Not that I ever did, but That's funny. I, I feel like. And I hung on to that car for years until it died and it would have been too expensive to, to revive oh, it. Oh, that's where I was too. By um, the way, I loved my piece of crap car. Yeah, anyway. me too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I, mine's the opposite. And my family, uh, my family on um, in the Virginia Beach area, like they're all uh, – and then I, I have like multiple hometowns because I also think of Washington, D.C. as my hometown being mm-hmm. um, in that area for 12 years. Um there's these are by no means um unsophisticated people you know walking and cu- walking around in like overalls i don't mean that but there's an element to um uh i feel it might be entirely coming from me i don't think so there's been a few snide comments here and there not from my family or my friends but um surrounding people where they're just looking to attack you for thinking you're hot shit now right like just we like dying yeah so i'm very aware of what i wear and um, if somebody asks you what you wear, you know, you go right back to your old ways of like you immediately tell them you got it on sale. Like there's no answer of like a label. <laughs> right. You're like, where'd you get that? Oh, it was eleven ninety nine. Marshalls. <laughs> These, well, six ninety nine after yeah. the sale. Um, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of that. And then, like I said, there's some people that just want to – they're and that happens in the business too. You even see it, you know, in, in – um, Social media. Some people are just dying to say, uh, you know, secretly she's an asshole, or that person yes. like has gotten wow, they've gotten really big for their britches, and yeah. they're a snotty and blah blah blah. But yeah, I think it's that like, I oh, I wonder is it is it fueled by why do you get to have a voice when I don't? Very possible. why do you get to have a platform when I don't? Like it's fuck possible. you. That that sort of innate either American or human hmm. need to pull down someone who's perceived as being on a higher level. Interesting. But see, there I am trying to understand the whys instead of just being like, 
you're an asshole. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, it's interesting. So I don't know why. Can we go back to the um, growing up with an alcoholic father? Oh. And potentially how that might have affected the whole dis- Well, and actually, forgive me, you had alcoholism in your family as well, right? Didn't we talk about this? Yes. I mean, I think my family would hear that and say, I don't know about that. But um, <laughs> drinking out of control behavior and rage. For sure. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know a hundred percent if I would say that's alcoholism that was alcoholism, mm-hmm. but it um it looked like it. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, I Yeah, we had a, some rage in the family. Very too. chaotic. Um do in terms of feeling like there's a right decision though, growing up, was it like if you don't do something right, mm-hmm. things become scary? I think so. I think a lot of kids um, and a lot of adults I know that grew up around, um, whether it's uh, addiction or, like you said, ra- uh, rage, mm-hmm. um, and certainly, um, why did I just blank on the word, like, uh, you know, inconsistent um, people that uh, are hard to gauge. Unpredictable. Get. Unpre- yeah, unpredictable behavior mm-hmm. um, events, whether it's a chaotic home. I know some people that just the, just the home was chaotic. There was no consistency in scheduling or anything like that. Um, or like we said, addiction or rage. I think a lot of those people that I've spoken to developed, you know, skills that, uh, serve them very well, survivalist skills growing up. And you, you do learn how to read a room and you also don't, um, you don't bet on the safety of a a content moment Mm -hmm. or a peaceful moment (laughs) because Mm -hmm. it could turn on a dime. Um, and, and then uh, additionally, yeah, you, you do think you, fabricate i think because you need to um an idea that you have some a sense that you have some control mm-hmm. that if you could just um have uh the room or the event or the day or the holiday going just perfectly and do your part just perfectly um that everything will be all right and then and it never and it never is Mm-mm. um and so i do think we carry that into our adulthood and then these you know, these skills uh, that used to make sense now are like, I mistrust um, things going well. I mistrust um, happiness. I mistrust my decision making mm-hmm. sometimes, like you said. And and to be standing there worried about which notebook you should get <laughs> and how that will be received, there's a part of you, I think, that... Um, that you that must have at some time thought it, it could have real circumstances and and repercussions, um, not by itself, but adding up to yeah. make to make you um, fit in just perfectly and not right. make waves. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. That thing of like needing a thing to go, doing your part to have a thing go perfectly. I used to be very obsessed with like my birthday has everything has to be just right on my Mm. birthday and it never was and I was always (laughs) always sort of crestfallen and it always had to do with like if my parent would just do this or like it was this whole control oh yeah I always had stuff about and that'll sneak up on me now of thinking like um god if that person would just do xyz yeah they're not going to and they're not your problem (laughs) right or your business that's the good and bad news (laughs) right um were you like that with your wedding did you get really controlly about it yeah, well, I was like that in the sense that things did not, a bunch of things didn't go as I wanted them to. I was very disappointed. I was very disappointed. And all in all, I'm 
so happy that I'm married and I'm very much in love with my husband, but the wedding I have very, the wedding itself, mm-hmm. I have very mixed feelings about because I still, I have got like a list of grievances. Really? Yeah. Like Mm-mm. legit stuff, like flower people so. that just didn't show up like, or. Um, people who were, v- who were very, very late. Hmm. Uh, it was a very, very small wedding, um, like very small. So I was relying a ton on, um, on certain people being there to do the rehearsal. And then they were, I'm being vague because, um, because I t- I've talked about this before and people were very hurt and upset that I talked about it. So hmm. I have got to dance around it, but um, may- I think I had expectations. I wasn't aware that I had them until all of a sudden I was, disappointed on the day of and then it's like Hmm. i wasn't aware that i had all these expectations about how it was going to go i was actually just trying to be the anti-bridezilla so like yeah everything's cool and then it turned out that like everything wasn't cool Hmm. um i i do think i have legitimate things of like it would have helped immensely if if you guys could have been on time for this and then also on time for the rehearsal dinner and like that was a whole mess but then also that trickled down into like, and I'm upset that our wedding planner did this and this. And I'm upset that the makeup person did this. And like, it's been pointed out to me that if I hadn't been disappointed earlier in the process, like I probably wouldn't be pointing out those things. I think that's How so? true. Um, that like those wouldn't have taken on such an important thing if, if I was in like the right headspace then I don't know. Then I would have been able to be like, oh, shit happens at a wedding as opposed to like every this this feeling of like nothing went how I wanted it to. Right. And I mean, I, t- I did. I kind of. You set yourself up to notice what else is going to go wrong. I kind of turned back into that girl who wanted her birthday party to be perfect and right. wanted her parents to just be a certain way. And yeah. Um, but I think that that happens at weddings too. I mean, I think that it's like hard. I think it's it creeps up a, on, on yes. a lot of us. I don't think it's just weddings. I mean, I think a lot of us have, uh, I think our expectations creep up on us. Things that you thought you were like, no big deal about. And then right. you realize like, wow, it's really upsetting that this isn't going to be the thing I thought it was. And I was doing no one any favors by, um, by trying to be so anti-bridezilla because the truth is like, when people would ask me, well, when people ask me like things like, you know, what should they wear? The truth is I did not care. Mm-hmm. I did not care what they wore. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. And the, and the other thing is that, so my mom got married to my dad um, very young. And I always grew up hearing this story of when she got married, her shoes were too small, but she couldn't even feel her feet that day because she was so, the whole thing was like, she was so just blissful. so... No, oh. <laughs> no. So like disconnected from it. Hmm. So numb kind of like the whole thing was just this, she, it was like this pageant and she was numb. Although the funny thing is that when she tells the story, it's not like it was a bad day or anything, although that sounds bad to me. Um, you know, I think it was a very happy day. She just couldn't feel her feet. Hmm. And my thing always was I'm getting married later in life. We're making all the decisions. I want to be in the moment. I want to mm-hmm. like suck the marrow dry from this moment. Sure. And, and then 
for me to ultimately not be able to be in the moment was I was so mad at I was mad at myself and I was mad at everyone. Mm-hmm. I was just like I don't know. Anyway, so the but yeah, so you're mad at yourself because the choice to to be a focus on what was wrong yeah. as opposed to being present. To be f- to be affected yours. by it. Although mm-hmm. I don't think I could have not been affected by it. I mean, Sure. I mean, like, that's a, that would be an amazing amount of differentiation to yeah. literally not care if, you know, someone that you love dearly is at. Right. Late. At yeah. Something, right. Know, Late. And then I think s- <clears throat> whatever was going on that made them late mm-hmm. affected how they behave towards me. So I was like, these people won't even look me in the eye. What the fuck is going on? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel it. Like, I had. um. I sound like a princess right now. I had. <laughs> uh, I think there's probably a lot of people that can. I think so too. Yeah, I really do. In um, the only part of the other side of the fence, I can tell you is I cannot stop apologizing to a close friend of mine that uh, I was I missed her vows. I got there after the vows, and I just have to tell you, like, if the person is a good person, other than that event, mm-hmm. you might want to forgive because I. I'm so, I've been upset with myself for, it's got to be six years now. I've apologized to her up, down, and sideways. The only gift I could give her, though, when I got there was to not then make myself being late the focus by apologizing over and over or not making eye contact or being a big fat weirdo. I apologized and I sat down and I thought there will be plenty of other coffees where I will explain myself. And has she forgiven you? She says she's fine and she, I do think she is fine. Mm -hmm. I, I think I can't let it go i'm yeah. horrified and i was um it was a difference of opinion with my then boyfriend about how long it took to <laughs> get to corona in rush hour yeah. and so it was you know it went it wasn't like five minutes late it's like you're 45 minutes late mm-hmm. um but i could have we had two cars there were plenty of decisions i could have made where i just said you know to my partner at that time i i love you but it's not worth it's not even worth like driving fast to me so right. i'm gonna go and then you show up when you can get there um so I, I made my bed and i and it's really hard for me to forgive myself but you know maybe these people that you're talking about had many other <laughs> things they messed up i don't, I don't even know anymore <laughs> it's funny i don't meet a lot when i think about it i don't meet a lot of people who uh weddings or other large events i really don't tell me that it went off without a hitch. Yeah, well, that's at all what I ever. Started. I only meet people that don't care. I started fine. Do <laughs> so you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it feels to me like that's honestly the only pathway to happiness. It's the only option it is makes just sense. not caring because with a giant room full of people, funeral, wedding, <laughs> births, what all these like major events, like you're ju- just odds are against you that everybody's going to, yeah. and even people that adore you are just gonna be them. gonna have a shit day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So how did you meet uh, your fiance? His ex-wife set us up. Really? Yes. That's crazy. Yes. That's cool. And um and she wasn't even a friend a friend of mine. I had um I wanted to start uh dating. I was dating just kind of just, you know, here and there if somebody introduced me to somebody or like I met somebody. Um but I'm pretty um pretty much a homebody and pretty conservative and I have difficulty like I don't go to bars or anything mm. like that so uh I was gonna but I did think like you know I think it's like a a boyfriend more than just like a friend would say do you want to you know my friend is interested in going out to dinner and I would go and that's about it um 
And so I was trying, I was talking to friends about like, are you doing match.com? Are you doing eHarmony? And they're all telling me um, about one third good stories and about two thirds like <laughs> horrific, horrific stories. Um, I was on Whitney at the time and I remember one friend telling me that uh, an actress friend of hers <clears throat> that I won't name, but with that she and I both know that works consistently not famous, but was like kind of my like wor- a working mm-hmm. actor level um, had gone on a really great date. I think it was like on match.com. I can't remember which one it was. And, uh, and it went really well. And she had been very disheartened prior to that thinking like, uh, this isn't going to work. And how does anybody find anybody um, in such a fast paced town and blah, blah, blah. Um, and thought this one went well. It ended with a little peck and she was so excited. And I guess the guy went home and like Googled her and realized that at the time she was a recurring character on a, on a show, which she said she didn't avoid, but she also didn't bring up. She didn't think like that was the most important thing mm-hmm. to share. She shared that she was an actor. Um, so I guess he looked it up and figured it out and then immediately put on social media, um, doctored photos, uh, pornographic photos with no. her head put on them and posted all over the place that she's a giant whore in bed and blah 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 and she Why? was devastated <laughs> on multiple levels yeah um now the guy is not followed enough or cared about enough that like these went viral or anything but the betrayal to her of just yeah. i mean there's so many betrayals uh, going on but just it broke her heart that like wow and that was a date that went well mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that's and this idiot guy who could have maybe found this lovely partner to have in life chose that right instead to like um i don't even know memorialize himself in some way in his brain for the day i don't know so i was like well that doesn't sound great um (laughs) you know my other friends are like you're basically just gonna date the newspaper delivery person because that's the only person you talk to um (laughs) and uh and i had read this new york times article that was about um dating especially like post 30 um and that there's no stigma about putting yourself out there um and i have to say there was also a lot of women that when you would bring it up dating um really negative negative in a way that was like really upsetting Mm -hmm. um you're gonna die oh my god it's awful out here (laughs) like like, just take anything you can get you're gonna die alone i've been divorced it's a horrible it's just horrible story were they talking about this is what it's like in los angeles or this is what it's like at our age these both 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 um you know and talking about the men that only want to you know like i try this one woman beautiful beautiful 40 year old woman like telling me um yeah, you know, I am a catch for a 40-year-old man. Unfortunately, the 40-year-old man wants a 20-year-old girl. Mm-hmm. And I would always just think to myself, like, well, then that's not the guy for me. Like, I wouldn't want anything to do with that person anyway. Right. <laughs> um, um, but they were just, there was a lot of negativity. And and then I, sorry, I read this article that was saying, you know, if you are interested in dating, then there's no stigma anymore with the online dating. And I don't care if it's personal. And so you oh, embrace it all. That's where the world is now. Blah, blah, blah. But this last little paragraph said um, that the, st- the statistics still do show that the longest term healthy relationships have been products of a third party introduction, even when it is not someone that knows you well, mm-hmm. like literally just some instinctual thing of like, I feel like oh, that's interesting. Um, so that you should at least try to be vocal that you uh, are single and looking to date people, which to me was like screaming, <laughs> I'm anti-feminist. Basically, I thought they were just like, I was like, oh, can you yeah. imagine? And expressing need in public. I mean, because right. I felt like I, 
I would love a partner that forces you to grow and challenge yourself. And if life is better with them, then that's great. But I don't by no means need a partner. Mm-hmm. I'm totally fine. I don't like I I never even thought about marriage. There's no scrapbook under my bed with dresses. <laughs> um, I just it never I'm not I wasn't anti I just wasn't on my checklist nor right. was having kids. It just never even when people are like, well, what do you think? I'm like, I, I, I was just always thinking about something else. I don't know. But um, so I thought, okay, well, I, I guess I'll try. And I had gone to like a friend at a dinner party and I mentioned it and I mentioned it in such a bizarre sweat, like profusely sweating <laughs> way that it came off crazy desperate, <laughs> which I tried to follow up later because it was a dinner party with like 12 people. I tried to follow it up later to try to take it back, which even looked weirder. And I was like, Aww. this is a disaster. I can't, I, I, I do look like what I was afraid I'd look like, like the women that I'm sorry, we all know that are just always like trying that's to find weird. a man, try to yeah. catch a man, try to trap a man. How do we get a man? How do I, how, how, how. And they, that's all they want you to do is help them. It's like that book, The Rules. <sighs> so, yeah. So I did the, yeah. I And I sounded like that. I was like, you know, if there's anyone here at the party you want to introduce me to or somebody's brother, cousin, blah, blah. I was like, suddenly I was like in the <laughs> cat skills <laughs> and doing the weirdest shit. And she was like, uh, wow, I don't, uh, I don't. And I'm sure she was thinking like, I invited you to a dinner party to hang out with me. I didn't know this was a singles club for you. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, I don't need one, whatever. Maybe they're here, maybe they're not. And then like, <laughs> like I said, at the end of the party, I like tried to take it back by saying like, you know what, forget I said, forget I even said anything. I mean, you can even call me later if you think of someone. It could be tomorrow. It could be Friday. <laughs> she was just like, but I don't, I just felt so badly. I still have to apologize to that woman, by the way. <laughs> so I was like, well, that's obviously not going to work. I'm not doing this. And the next day I had a hair salon appointment and they messed up my, my appointment got messed up. I think I probably messed it up. And um, it was one of those things where it's like 45 minutes too early. You can't get back home mm-hmm. to the valley and get back there. So just sit down. And I did. And this hairdresser woman, I know her very well, and I uh, I love her. And she's always ribbing me about like, are you dating anybody yet? Are you dating? So she happened to be talking about it loudly when <laughs> this other woman, who also was waiting for some process in the hair salon, um, I guess overheard us or something, and she introduced us, and she was like, you know, you should uh, you should meet Mary Alice. She's um, she always knows tons of people, and she's out there. And I'm already cringing, going like, oh, I don't want to do what happened last <laughs> night. Oh my god, oh my god. And she was like, what are you, are, you're looking to date? And I was like, nah, it's fine. Blah, just, I mean, yeah, not really, but whatever. And um, we just started talking about anything and everything. And I loved, she is this crazy positive energy. She's incredibly pro uh, other women, but she's also, but it's not in lieu of being pro men. It's not male bashing, which I, it, it upsets me when, mm-hmm when somebody who's feminist which is just saying i want equal rights for women thinks it's about bashing men because yes. it's, it's not it's i don't like sexism either way <laughs> and, right. uh, and she wasn't she was and i was telling her these you know these horrors i was like i just enjoy your energy so much about this and i said because i'm a i'm a positive person i'm not hiding from meeting people um but people make you feel like terrified of it out there or something uh when really I'm ha- if if it's something that if a date doesn't go well like that's not the end of the world either I can go home and still be a happy person and she's like she goes you know some of those women that are constantly saying these men they just want a twenty year old she's like I'd be very curious what they wanted were they looking at his watch did they want to know what he drove right, do right. they want to know what he does for a living like I bet you many of them had their own checklist um you know and and maybe are meeting the wrong people in the wrong places and specifically looking for certain things that um that foster that type of male and <clears throat> i was like oh maybe she's right on so we just had this great talk sort of about relationships 
And in that talk, she said, um, you know, I met the love of my life. Uh, I think she started dating him at 39 or 40, something. She she was like, I met the love of my life, you know, um, 30s, 40s or whatever. And it's great. You should meet him too. And we have tons of friends and you should come over to a party. And he's got great male friends and blah, blah, blah. And so we move on. Oh, and she even showed me a picture of her dancing with her husband, but you couldn't see him at all. This all matters in a second, I swear. It's mm-hmm. You could see her face, but then the guy is like kind of from the back. And um, we finished the conversation. It's time to get highlights. I move on. And I said, you know what? I, I It's more valuable to make a great girlfriend in this town than a guy. So don't just don't worry about any of the guy stuff. I weirded somebody out yesterday, but I just don't <laughs> even just drop it. I was like, here's my email. and um, But I would love to hang hang out. It was a pleasure meeting you. Uh, and she's like, great. So the next day she emails, um, I think you guys should meet. And that's all it says. And it's just CC's, uh, Graham Larson. Um, I'm allowed to say his name. I think it's okay. He's, but he's, he's a realtor. Um, he's an amazing realtor, everybody, um, (laughs) at Sotheby's. And, uh, so of course I Googled his name and then it just had my email, which is not my name. And, um, so I immediately Googled him and all that comes up is page after page after page after page of the most insane giant wedding of Graham Larson, the person I just looked up, and the woman I just <laughs> met, like in in style. That's how big and beautiful it was uh-huh. because she's like uh, she now um, runs a beautiful clothing design. She's a uh, clothing designer called Haney, but at the time she was a celebrity stylist and. And um, he was in film production, and so it was this huge, glorious affair in InStyle magazine on like the Isle of Capri, <laughs> and they don't look that much younger they looked about the same and i was like it doesn't say divorce it doesn't have a year on it i was just (laughs) like wait is this she just talked about getting married she did not mention that it was her second marriage even when she said i met the love of my life right so i was like wow uh wait she did say i want to introduce you to my husband and we'll all hang out together so maybe this is a friend thing I was like, or maybe I don't know her that well. And it's a threesome thing. (laughs) And I'm like, I don't really know her. Maybe I got myself into something else. I never, ever even had third choice. It's the ex-husband because I thought, well, you would just say that. Right. If it was your second marriage or this was your ex-husband or something. (laughs) So So he writes, hey, great. Um, Thanks for the introduction. And uh, Ray, do you want to, do you want to, uh, let's go get let's go get a drink sometime or have some dinner or something and he or maybe it took one email before he said that i think it was first just like thanks for the introduction hi hi and we both said hi but then he um took her off the cc and asked me to like dinner and drinks and because i still was like i don't know <laughs> i don't know if this is a three threesome thing or like or the friend in which case i am not flirting with somebody's husband <laughs> so i would put her back on the cc <laughs> And then right back, I was like, or lunch in the daytime, <laughs> like at a park, like with lots of people. I was like, we could do a group friends thing. And he would, he would right back, take her off the CC. He's like, I don't know. Dinner would be nice. And I know a couple of places. Well, I'd, I'd put her right back on. I was like, nope, more brunch, like a brunch. And it was just like, it got devolved and devolved until he had to agree to like coffee in the middle of the day at Susina, which is now gone, sadly. Um, so he finally was like, fine, I'll just go to coffee. And it was the, I had, I said yes, and it was that day that a, a girlfriend of mine came over, and um, she was like, this is ridiculous, Where's, we're Googling, and she's like spinning, spinning page, she's like, there has to be something else here, um, and sure enough, it was like page after page down, it finally said like, divorced, and I was like, oh, 
But then, of course, my friend was like, why did you say yes before you knew? And I was like, because it was going to be a great story by five. Like, either way, I mean, <laughs> yeah. I'm going. Um, and uh, yeah, so I showed up and uh, he got there. I gave him really bad directions. So unfortunately, he was late and uh, had been stuck in traffic. But he sat down and I was like, just so you know, I only found out uh, about an hour ago that um, that uh, you are Mary Alice's ex-husband. I didn't I didn't realize that. And he goes, oh, because he just assumed right. that it was just information I had. And then there was a weird pause. And he goes, does that mean that you don't know that we have children? And I said, excuse me? <laughs> and I didn't. <laughs> so there was a lot to take in. And we had like 90 cups of coffee. Um to try to piece it all together. But that's how I met him. And were you in- instantly into him? No, because he's too good looking. <laughs> um, I do not trust people that are really, really good looking. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I was, I was very attracted to him and I thought he was awesome, but I immediately was like, he's a player and I don't, I can't, I just mm-hmm. can't be a part of that. Um, again, that's another race that I can't win, so I won't enter. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh and and he but he he already is like he has told me so he and he had like a guard up of like super cool guy and we laugh about this now because our first two dates was just so much about posturing mm-hmm. and i used to just say it was all him and then he finally like made me own that i insisted on very like overly obviously needing to do the New York Times crossword puzzle as he was walking in like with my glasses on <laughs> and like made him wait while I was like I'm in the middle of like one question like <laughs> I like made him wait while I figured something out and then would sit there kind of like holding my pen like at any minute if you're not interesting enough I will go back to this mm-hmm. um so I had I had some some posturing going on myself which is the same as you know dressing sloppy to to an audition to play um you know, a female part that's supposed to be attractive, exact, exact same, you know, you're, you know, 20, 20 years later into my career, I'm still trying to fight some fight that like, not everybody is fighting, like, mm-hmm. wait till it comes to you. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, and yeah, I was, I, it was, there was a lot of posturing on both of our parts. And then we got through it on the third date. Um, because what would happen is there was a weirdness in person, um, like a facade, and a stop start kind of conversation that you if anybody was watching us would think like, I don't know that they really click. Um, there was a sex, he's, he's very attractive and there was a sexiness and a charm and, um, and we were funny with each other, but there was, it was halted. And, Mm -hmm. um, but our emails were not, we would email each other and we would talk on the phone like high schoolers until (laughs) like between the two dates was probably, um, a week and a half between the two, the first two dates. And we would talk till, you know, two in the morning and pulling over to the side of the road to finish a conversation um, and frantically checking to see if somebody has texted you and all of that. But then it wasn't transferring to the dates. And I and I knew that something was weird. And so on the third, I think it was the third date, third or fourth date. Yeah, I went over there and <clears throat> we were going by his house first to go and then go to a restaurant near him. And and I told him, I was like, I think we both know there's something there's something there. And then and then it gets messed up in person and it's 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 weird it's like it's like we're um trying so hard to look the way we think we should look and act the way and be sexy and be attractive you know and he had gotten the perfect wines and had this like cheese spread and everything and his and he i'm a slob and he's very clean and his apartment looks like it's from like a model home mm-hmm. um and everything was set up. And instead of me enjoying that and thinking how lovely for somebody to be that thoughtful, I was suspicious, immediately suspicious. And I was like, mm, 
And I bet this song is on for all of the girls. And that's the cheese spread that I'm sure was like recommended by some blog for daters. And he was like, I was just trying to be nice. You know, I was like, and it, but it went, it went both ways. I mean, he was doing things too that were just kept me at arm's, arm's length and stuff. And so, uh, we, we talked, he owned, he owned it and I owned it. And, uh, we laughed about our ridiculousness. And, um, and then I, I think I, I said something to the effect of like that we both ha- had to do something embarrassing before we go to dinner <laughs> just to like just get past it. Like nobody's too cool for school in the room. Um, I'm not Miss Intellectual, you know, and you're not player. Let's like, let's just do something. And he's like, I don't know what you want me to do. And I said, well, do you have do you have do you have any skill that you that like you secretly are like proud of that you would never <laughs> that you never do in front of me? And he's like like secret skills and I was like yeah I don't know is there something like that you would do like in high school hanging out with your friends and he said I used to be able to walk on my hands and I was like okay you." and he was like all dressed up for a date I was like you have to walk on your hands so he tried it was pretty good (laughs) it was pretty good and then he made and he said what about you and I was like I I think I think I'm a really good dancer like alone but I like not in front of people but like on my own I'm like dude I should seriously be on in living color I think I used to think that (laughs) and he's like you have to do that um, and I believe there was some really bad hip hop that was put on and I had to dance by myself, which was very embarrassing. Then we went to dinner and now I we're engaged. I love that. How long have you guys been together? Um, uh, bah, 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 bah. He's going to be so mad. Uh, two, two and a half years. Yeah. Aww. Two and a half years. I love that you were able to just say all that on the third date. To just spit it out like that. It's just like, for me, it's just not worth it. Otherwise, you know, I don't, I, I just. I'd rather be I'd rather be by, by myself than drive away feeling more like an imposter, right? Than yeah. I do alone, which is a lot. <laughs> I feel like a sham by myself already. <laughs> oh, that's a woman thing. I think that you do imposter syndrome. Yeah, oh yeah, all the time. I that- don't know. Did you Did you read Night of the Gun? David no. Carr's uh, book. The um, no, I know who that, I know. Dave, I know who David Carr is. Though. I'm obsessed with was obsessed with him. So sad for that parting. Yeah. Um, did he have that too? He did his book Nine of the Gun. You would you would love. It's an okay. incredible book, anyway. But um, he says that like the, the in his opinion, the majority of us in life think uh, we're just one step away from being found out. You know yeah. that that like that we all that we all think we're an imposter. But and the trick is fine if the jig is going to be up, enjoy it, be present. Um, and and so I don't know. Maybe maybe more women. I know a lot of men though. I know a lot yeah. of men. That feel that way, that they are one scene, one paper, one podcast, one letter, um, one party conversation away from being, quote unquote, found out. Right. That you're actually a boob. Yeah. Well, that would. Yeah. When I think about it, a lot of people relate to that. So that would make sense. That is everyone. Okay, let's take questions that people sent in on Twitter. When we ask, they send them in. They're wondering how you have been. So thanks so much for answering these questions from our fans. All right. Joe says, yes or no to black jelly beans? No. No, 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 no. I don't like black licorice or um, any... What is it? Anise? Anise, the flavor? Anise, yeah. I, mm-mm. Nope. Nope. No and I keep do. buying those waffle pizzolette cookies. Oh, yeah, those are licorice And forgetting flavored. that they have in them. That that's what they have in them. Hate yeah. It. Uh, I'm okay with black jelly beans. I know I'm unusual in that way. Jeff? I'm not a big jelly bean eater, so I don't have a frame of reference. They're real, they're black licorice Black licorice Yeah, flavor. yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. I'd eat them, but I'm not, 
I'm not crazy about them. Okay. They're not my favorite. Mm. Mark Reed says, do they at least mix you up a real drink when you're shooting those bar scenes? Tell me it's not water in there. No, um, it would be an insufferably long day if we if we were drinking <laughs> yeah. uh, for the many takes the scene um where he, jimmy and i were talking at the bar episode one season two um it is uh cranberry juice for the wine and tea for things that are like scotch oh, and bourbon yeah. and tequila um and um the, uh yeah i mean we shot that scene it was continuous i don't know if people notice it's continuous from us sitting at the bar table to moving to talking to ken wins and then going into the booth and we shot it for two like 16 hour days if we had been drinking it would have been hellish <laughs> i did have to pee constantly though that's a lot of cranberry juice for yeah. all those takes and the cigarettes you smoke are those those like Herbal cigarettes. Mm. They are herbal cigarettes. But are that is a working on parking throat? garage. It's the exhaust fumes from people uh. driving by that's taxing. But um, uh, no, I didn't find it that taxing, except when I was sick, because Albuquerque is very, very dry. So a lot mm. of people, including myself, will get um, kind of allergies, right, when they get there at first and you get dried out. And so there was one smoking scene, yeah, where I was just like, I'm not sure I can get the line out. Um, but they're all herbal. Are they enjoyable to smoke? Like is it, is it? I've had worse. I had the ones that um I've smoked on stage before were more clove like and kind mm. of hideous. These I find um not not bad at all. Um, and I did. Yeah, I didn't find them. Yeah, once you can even like you can even inhale them, and they weren't they weren't very taxing. Mm. I mean, I wouldn't do it like all day. Right. But. Uh, Dom Sell says, "Have you ever had to work for someone like Howard Hamlin?" Um, in what way does you think he means Howard Hamlin? There's a lot of different sides yeah. of Howard. We're not even entirely sure, like, who's the master puppeteer. I mean, right. is it Chuck doing stuff? Is it Howard doing stuff? Um, I've definitely, I, I have definitely, <laughs> I'm not, I can't name even the job because the person will know who I'm talking about. But, um, I had a, I had a day job that involved a boss that, uh, uh, was very much about their own image mm-hmm. and, um, putting themselves uh first over uh over their employees um no matter what so that was and that was and that was hard and you do realize at a certain point like there's no amount of work that's ever gonna you're not gonna get ahead right right um let's see here chris in the gorge says i read she studied to be an architect what is her favorite type of house slash design style opinions on mid-century I read that online. I did not study to be an architect. Your Wikipedia thank page you. says it. Does it? Yeah. It says some other things that aren't true, too. I need to like, it says work on that. Japan is one of the places you grew I up. I did live in Japan. Oh. And I'm 27. They keep messing up my age. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did live in Japan. My dad, um, uh, we were civilian, but he worked for the government as a um, as an agent. So uh, we were with Naval Intelligence. So we lived in Japan, Arizona, Virginia um and then later dc as an adult um but uh i did not study architecture i studied art um i uh i went to school for art and theater um and i love mid-century modern design though and i i would love to um get a degree in architecture i'm an architecture enthusiast you have an art studio in your house right? i do I do. What kind of stuff do you do in there? It's kind of my office also. It's an office and studio. I, I paint and draw and sculpt. 
My husband sculpts. Does he? Mm-hmm. Very cool. What kind of sculpting do you do? I just started sculpting relatively recently, considering I've been painting and drawing my whole life. But uh, I'm making weird, um, sort of disturbingly um, <laughs> weird-looking um, children as uh, puppets that have like um, limbs that are like hanging by mm-hmm. wires and stuff. Um, anyway, that. <laughs> My bird paintings are in uh, Better Call Saul. They are above Kim's oh, bed. Oh, cool. Okay, let's see here. Fidel says, how has the production of the show compared to other acting gigs and do said differences bring out the best in you? Um, I have worked with, um, I've been very fortunate to work with a lot of really great directors and writers and casts. Our show is different in some ways that I think does facilitate people being able to do their best, which is um, uh, AMC and Sony really, really trusts uh, Vincent Peter and our whole um, crew. So we're kind of down there. Um, there, there People are allowed to like, you know, really do what they want to do. There's not, a, there's not a ton of um, notes. And so that kind of spreads down the line as far as the opportunities it provides. You have a, a, a script. There's no there's no rewrites once we have them. I mean, I think a lot of people know on set your script by the end looks like a rainbow because mm-hmm. the rewrites from from the notes and stuff. And instead, you're you're really allowed to use that as a foundation. And we do not improv and we do not ad lib. It is word word for word, letter by letter. Um, mm-hmm. And so you can you can build on that immediately, and it gives you more time to really like invest in it. Um, they also shoot. Uh, and Arthur Albert's a genius with the way um, our show looks. He's a, the director of photography. Um, we shoot in wides and even um, two-person shots and medium shots much more than any other shows I've been on, which allows you – there's a theatrical element. It reminds me of being a play. You're allowed to tell the story with your whole body. There's not a lot of um, what they call saving it for a close-up because mm-hmm. it might not be an extreme close-up for the pivotal – um moment be it dramatic or comedic and to me that's it's it's wonderful we express you express the whole scene every time and and it's like doing a play especially when you have the people that i get to work with Mm -hmm. that's interesting i wonder for certain actors would that be more of a challenge like are there i imagine there must be certain actors who feel like it's all in their close-up i would imagine there are (laughs) um i the majority of our cast uh comes from stage Mm-hmm. So um, we, we we have a good time now. Certainly, if I mean, if you were screaming at the top of your lungs, retching, crying, or something, you can't do that twenty seven times in the wide. So you know they make technical adjustments for what what we're going for. But we we play the whole thing like this gorgeous um, play every time. It's great. Um, Lawrence says, "Who came up with the name Giselle St. Clair?" Um, Tom Schnauz wrote episode one of season two when it first appears, uh, whether or not it came from anyone else in the writer's room or came in there, um, when they broke the story on note cards prior to him filling it out. I don't know. You can tweet Tom and ask him that, but that was his episode. Jose Maldonado says, question for Ray, who was her all time celebrity crush as a kid? And has she been able to meet them? Interesting. Well, I was obsessed. Again, back to Nick at Night, um, I was obsessed with all shows that involved magic. So I really wanted to meet um, Elizabeth Montgomery and Barbara <laughs> Eden. Uh, did not get to meet either one of them. Um, and uh, also Bionic Woman. And then later, um, Madeline Kahn and Mary Tyler Moore and Betty White and Ted Knight. And 
gosh, anybody from Taxi, anybody from Benson, anybody from Soap. Um, uh, I got to meet Betty White and she was amazing. She was amazing. Um, I'm getting to work with some of my biggest, like, I mean, Michael McKean, I worked Mm. with him one other time on a pilot for Christopher Guest. Uh, I still pinch myself, you know, when I get to be around him and Jonathan Banks, Bob Odenkirk, um, Patrick Fabian, I mean, he still gets stopped for <laughs> um, Saved by the Bell everywhere we go with him. And he's the nicest man on earth. And uh, and um, and Michael Mann is incredible, too. Um, let's see here. Okay. Okay. Andrew G says, uh, what traits does she share with Kim? Um, we look a little bit alike. <laughs> I said that in a tweet before. Um. I, well, this goes back to what we were saying as well. Um, I think Kim knows uh, what suit to put on for the environment she's in. I, I'm, I'm pretty good at reading a room and I would, I wouldn't say almost to a fault. I would say to a fault um, can be um, quick to adapt and read a room that way. And it doesn't even always uh, serve you. It becomes habitual. Um, but I, but I think it can also be a strength. And I do, I do share that with um, Kim. I have none of the self-control she has though. I could never keep my mouth shut like she does. Um, <laughs> it's pretty powerful. <laughs> and then two similar, similar ish questions. So I'll read them both. Dan H says, has she, meaning you ever pulled any scam in real life as she has with Jimmy? And then uh, Tariq Mustafa says, do you think Kim has a history of pulling little scams or is that 100% Jimmy's influence? Um, Question A, I have not. I have never scammed anybody. Um, I did. The closest I came was uh, playing into some idiots in a pool hall, a bunch of guys that didn't want to let me um be next up on the table playing into them thinking that i had no idea what i was doing and then running the table and i really wish i had made them bet money um <laughs> it's the first and last time i ever ran a table from the break all the way to the eight i was very proud but um yeah didn't make them bet money but um never scam somebody it would be fun though and as far as kim that is a question that's still uh that's still out there and then in the last episode um people saw that she's ready to do it again mm. um there um there's layers to be peeled there that uh, I, I think you could read her as um, shocked and unwillingly drawn into it the first time. And you can also read into the layer of she seems to be fairly good at it. So I'm I'm not sure. I, I honestly don't know um, where that's going. I think those are layers yet to be peeled. Is that the kind of thing where do you feel like as an actor you need to have that answered even if it's just you coming up with the answer yourself like do you, um do you it need is it is different story? yeah it, it is different on this set because i am a backstory person and um very script analysis heavy in the way that i work um and normally i would want to fill in all these answers but there's a real freedom to being present they have answers to some of your questions and then others are they just have to be taken for what they are in the present um, moment. And it's never done in a way that feels manipulative, like um, they're just being clever and don't want to let us know something. Um, it just has to do with Vince and Peter making sure that they leave themselves open to plant seeds and some mm-hmm. bloom at different times. Um, for that particular one and even the relationship all through season one, like what exactly is its past and its history? I do. I do make my own conclusions, but I won't. Reveal them. <laughs> and then when things come up that are contrary to them, um, I adapt. I adapt. And and it never 
I've never read anything. I get surprised by things, but they never feel out of character, which is also a testament to the writing. And I think the fans enjoy that too, that when you are like, what? When you're watching the screen, there's something about it that still feels organic because they um, they never do things just to be clever. Mm-hmm. Um, were you over the moon when you found out you got, this is from at Allison Rosen, when you found out you got the part? Yes, I cried. I cried. I found out I was, uh, it, it was on my birthday or the day before my birthday and my um, fiance was taking me to dinner in Venice, Venice, LA, guys, not Venice, <laughs> but, um, and uh, I went into the restaurant with a face full of mascara. I was ba- like bawling, <laughs> bawling on the street. Uh, okay. Thomas Schnoz says, why did... <laughs> I know what Tom Schnoz Why did she drop the ball on getting at Tom Schnoz a wedding gift? Our deci- I hope Tom li- listens to the first half of the podcast. It's a decision-making thing. I'm yeah. behind on three different people, including my own sister's wedding present. And then, and then the stuff that you feel really sure about on the registry is mm-hmm. taken. Yeah. And then you're like, I don't think I can do... You know, <laughs> you know that like there's the huge ticket items right. that even if you had the money, you're kind of like I think that's really presumptuous. Like that's supposed to be like your aunt or something, right? right? right. And then there's like, like uh, the the towel or something that's seven, and you look like an asshole. <laughs> like, I, I can't now. I don't and now I don't know what to do. And then they had a baby, so I'm like, should I just buy a baby? Wanted me to just do a baby mm-hmm. thing, and they were like, yeah, sure, fine. And I was like, crap, now I don't know what the baby thing. Because so you're getting nothing, Tom. The thing where you have the year. Is just a big mind fuck. Where you and have he the, is, I don't, I don't you know if to, you saw his second yeah, tweet said, was, you've had a year a, and yeah, two days or something? Yeah, it's been a year and two days. <laughs> um, yeah, <sighs> I'm going to a wedding on Saturday and I'm like, just, just choose something online, just buy something, just do it now because otherwise it's just going to be. You're going to get screwed. No, the year sucks. Yeah, don't do the year thing. No. And th- do you, are, yeah. I, sorry, I interrupted. No, 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 go ahead. I, this was not Tom's wedding. I swear to God, it's not Tom's wedding. A different wedding I went to. This, how is this? Tell, tell me if this is terrible and judgy of me. Okay. okay. These are, uh, one's a friend I used to be much closer with. We just lost contact with, but, um, but I, I adore him. He got married, but I, I don't know much about their life anymore. But I'd been over to their place and they'd, I'd seen their place and they'd expressed to everyone how hurting they are on money. And, uh, they like didn't have enough dishes like because we did like a potluck and they were like people will bring dishes like it was made it was made everyone was made aware not in a horrible way and we're not talking about like um any kind of poverty that's scary i'm just saying like they made us aware that they don't have basics in their house then they give us the wedding registry they get married you know like a couple weeks after that the wedding registry is all i am not kidding like the it was like the twelve hundred dollar copper espresso machine that you see in like Italian restaurants, <laughs> and like insane. Most of it, none of us could afford. None of, my friends and mm-hmm. I couldn't afford. And then on top of that, I was like, "Why aren't they asking for sheets?" They told me they don't have right sheets or towels. So at some point, but this is why I say it was awful. Like we all thought, like we could all pitch in and get. But it was like ten of us and like try to get this espresso maker. And I was like, I don't want to on principle yeah. like i can't but that's just i have a thing about people living beyond their means i have like issues mm. it drives me bonkers mm-hmm. um i don't know would you wouldn't you be like or do you think that's what the registry is for it's not supposed to be practical it's supposed to be your fantasy stuff i don't know i mean my husband and i had this debate when we were making our registry because i was like because he's like this is the time that we get 
the fancy this and the platters. See, so and maybe the, that's what they were thinking. All the stuff. Why shouldn't and we get fancy stuff? I'm like, we don't need any of like we're never gonna use any of that yeah. stuff. Like let's just put stuff on the like I'm like, let's put scented candles and like fun stuff that we actually want. Yeah. Let's not put this stuff that's gonna sit in a cabinet that we're I never agree. ever gonna use. I think people should put stuff on there that's um lower price. I think yeah. you should take into account stuff. the budget, the budgets of everybody. But mm-hmm. I, but then my other friend was just like, nobody says you have to buy everything on the red. You can buy anything that's not on the registry anyway. Like stop that's being a weirdo true. about it. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess it is me as usual. I think people prefer you buy the stuff on the. That's registry, what I though. think. But that's why I think, I think you should try to put stuff at every price level on a registry. So I think if they're mm-hmm. just putting their industrial espresso maker on there they're setting themselves up to not receive it yeah they put in all like high 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 ticket items yeah and then this other friend of mine went to a birthday party and she knows the wife well but not the husband and she said what should and it was the husband's birthday um uh what what can we bring um as, as gifts and the person did not respond no no it's no gifts they responded by telling them about his that he is a wine collector and giving them a list of like wines that he wants that were all like 500 and up that feels presumptuous <laughs> i would be like i can't come to this party yeah <laughs> but yeah okay. i'm g- gifts selecting gifts the whole gift thing is just i'm terrible at it i'm sorry Tom. i'm so bad at it and that comes up with my husband tom's getting towels <laughs> that's all he's getting yeah how's your fiance with this stuff registries gift buying decision making all that yeah great oh that's good yeah he's really good at it. that's good he'd be like it's fine Move on. Yeah, for me, buying someone a gift feels like a test that I can't pass. Ab- 100%. Yeah. Absolutely. And then I, be- and then I get a, re- a rebellious feeling about that. It's like, oh, I don't want that. Uh, like, yeah. And, and I've never given a gift that didn't have the receipt taped on it. I yeah. just presume that you are literally going to barely open it and then head yeah. to the store and return it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas for my husband, it's this like, joyous chance to give someone something nice and it should be right but but we are egotistical and stuffed in our own head i agree i feel like buying something off a registry it's like doing your taxes you can only do them adequately or fuck them up (laughs) you don't get extra points for doing a a great job on your taxes it's like it's either either you get it passable or you're fucked you're right you're right okay all right tom fine there's nothing left on the registry now though anyway i'm screwed Let's do just me or everyone. Sometimes I ponder on something I have thought or done. Is it just me or everyone? Okay. But first, I want to say if you guys are going to buy something on Amazon, perhaps a wedding gift for someone, you should. Amazon has everything. Click through the banner on my website, alisonrosa.com. It doesn't cost you anything extra. It helps out the show. Thank you so much, you guys, for all the Amazon support. Uh, thank you for the PayPal support. PayPal links on the right side of my website, alisonrosen.com. Okay. Ashley Bloodworth says, get so annoyed when wearing a scoop neck top and strands of hair decide to hide between my boobs. Hashtag gal chat. I have the thing with hair like between my toes in my sock or something. I just mentioned that recently is like that to me is hell. When you're walking around and you realize there's like a hair in your sock. You mean like your hair from your head has fallen and it's in the sock. Not like you have hairy toes. No, no, no. (laughs) 
I should have clarified. <laughs> no, I mean, like, uh, likewise with your <laughs> with your lovely uh, friend's question, I was like, hair coming from. I boobs? think yes, I think it's an, an errant strand of head hair. Ah getting trapped between the boob. I don't really, I don't she, find a lot of hair. She has a nice rack. Yeah. I mean, mine's it, not getting trapped. No, no me trappage. neither. It's just, it would fall right through. It might through. Grace a cro- graze it. Yes. But it's not trapped. Yes. That's how, that's how mine I would tell too. her to enjoy the trappage then because it sounds like she's doing great. Yeah. <laughs> Congrats. Gadgets. Fitless guy says, get uh, another annoyed, get annoyed with actors or get annoyed when actors or singers get political. Hashtag shut up and sing. Wow. Um, I know. Strong. I think there was a time where I might have felt a little bit like, oh, come on, Bono, quit your bands, your grandstanding. Mm. Um, But the older I get, the more I sort of respect that someone's like, I have a platform and I want to use it to talk about something that means something to me. Hmm. So I'm like, I'm pretty okay. I think I'm okay with it. I would, I would agree. I feel like occasionally there's a time and place element. Yeah. Occasionally I've been like, if you need to bring that up right now but um but in general uh, yeah i kind of think especially with social media and the reach that somebody can have that has mm. a platform i mean you look at the studios and everything and all the stars coming out with uh the um lgbt horrible laws they're trying to pass you know whether it's uh, north carolina or georgia and all the stuff that's going down it's kind of like awesome that people are saying like oh wow i have some leverage Right. Because of what I do. Right. So why don't I use it for good? Because right. certainly other people are using it for bad. That is true. And if I may jump in, when people complain about actors or musicians going into politics, they're just complaining about people making left-wing statements or left-ish statements. Oh, you think? That's true. Yeah. Well, and could be true. And there are certain personalities that are known from being on cable news programs mm-hmm. who express their opinions all day long. Mm-hmm. What are they but entertainers? Right. They're not... Right. journalists or politicians or yeah. policy wonks they're they're that's on tv true. they're entertainers i think this person is saying though like if you're if you're up there to sing or up there to accept an award mm-hmm. could you just uh keep it to the topic at hand um and occasionally i would i would side yeah. with that but if this person wholly has a problem with someone being a three-dimensional person outside of their job then uh that doesn't make any sense at all yeah yeah, yeah said it better than uh, i could have <laughs> Missy Jury says, notice offensive smell in the house. Remove <laughs> offensive item, but swear the bad smell won't go away. Hashtag, is it stuck in my nose? Yeah. I mean, I have, I've experienced that where you yeah. remove the offended thing and then you're like, is it just a smell? Am I, ha- am I traumatized by the smell and I'm carrying it with me? Are there still Is she particles? sure that that smell was attached to that uh, object or do you need to go searching for some other object? Jacks. Right. That's like awesome. I've thought it was something and then you find out like no it's you know a poor dead animal like behind the wall or something. If if the smell is still there. Right. I don't know. I like post traumatic stress smell. I would think like <laughs> I would give that 24 hours tops and yeah. then she needs to start looking for some more shit. Yeah. <laughs> Jay Leno used to have a great joke about that. He'd say when somebody eats McDonald's around you and you can't get the smell out of your nose, he said it was like mm. a, a smell tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, that's true. Phil, another one about actors. Phil Scroggs says, I hate when actor dogs just stare intensely at their out-of-frame trainer. I'm not buying your performance, Marley. <laughs> that is hilarious. That's awesome. Um, You know, I rare, I, I'm usually, usually I buy in and I rarely notice that. I didn't see Marley in me. I didn't either. Yeah. So every now and I've again. I've noticed it a lot though. I you do. do? 
I do. But I'm just, I mean, I just, I don't know. I spend my time hating other things. <laughs> I don't right. know. I, yeah. I mean, I guess, I guess some dogs do. Mm. I think I'm more bothered when kids are not being good. Yeah. Isn't that horrible of me? Do you know, is that when you'll see the same thing, like someone off, they're looking at someone off screen? No. You can tell when some performers are looking at the monitor, though, to see what they look like. That's annoying. <laughs> uh, Wando says, here's this word again, really annoyed when I see people enter through the exit door at Walmart, just me or everyone. I, I've never felt annoyed about that. I've never felt annoyed. I've seen it a time, but I've never felt annoyed yeah. about it. Um, I don't I wonder why he's annoyed. I know. Sometimes these need to There's a up. lot. There's a lot to take issue with at Walmart. And right. the door is like not top of the list. But it is one of the first things to take issue with. It's if you're going to take issue with it. Jen says, when making my grocery list, I write it. I write it in the order. I go down the aisles. Smart. It's so smart. But I don't. Well, no I don't actually make could a I do list, that? but if I did, I wouldn't do it that way. But I've appreciated when, like if I've, there's been times where I've done shopping for my parents and my mom will make the list that way. And I appreciate that. I would love that. I mean, I, well, we have um one of those pad, pre-made pads magnetic to the fridge. That's what we're, it says what we're out of. And it's mm-hmm. grouped by food groups. Oh, and you check smart. things off. It would be better to have it all because like in Trader Joe's, especially with some of the skinny aisles, like you go down once, you cannot U-turn. So that would be that would be easier. Yeah. That's smart of her or him. That's a her. Okay. James Leroy Wilson. There's so so much. uh, Annoyance? No, it's not annoyance. This one's a smell one again. Oh. All smells seem gross or toxic if I don't know what they are. I know what you I know what you mean. I definitely think some smells are gross until you do, but not right. m- not all. There's like, especially certain food items being cooked could be gross yes. until someone's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm making meatloaf. And you're like, oh, yeah, no, that's yeah. appropriate. That's yeah, an appropriate smell. It happens so frequently that my husband will come home and there's this look on his face like, what is that? And it's like, are you cooking cauliflower? And I say, yes. Like, cauliflower smells horrific. It's horrific. awful. Yeah. yeah. So does broccoli. Right. But all smells. Maybe no. not all. But yeah, what the, but he's saying, right? He's Is saying it? all smells seem gross or toxic. All smells, I don't no know way. What they are. Uh-uh. No, but some, some the yes. ones that are kind of like noxious till you till you identify it, and then you're like, oh, it's not a chemical hazard or um, sewage. Okay, Paula Bones. Oh, that's a fun name. Paula Bones says, when you're running late, bra fastening becomes thirty times more difficult. Hashtag just mirror everyone. I, I have to say, I don't have that problem. But the problem I have, it happens so many more times than it needs to, is as I'm heading out of my door, my belt, not my belt, yeah, my the belt loop on my pants will catch on a part of the door and I'll like I've ricochet. Yeah. It happens I've so frequently to me. Yeah. I'm like, I'm if I rush. saw this in yeah. a rom-com, I would say that's too much. <laughs> right. But I just did it. Like yank yeah. my whole self back. Yep. Yeah. Okay. But I haven't had the bra thing no. either. No. I'm trying to think, like, what is? What are the? I mean, I guess when I'm frenzied, yeah, like small tasks are harder. But right, that's not one of them. 
I mean, I'm just trying to think what could the now issue forget be. it. I've definitely met some people that are like, oh my god, it was so it's so crazy this morning. I ran out with I forgot to wear a bra, and I'm like, never in a million years would I forget to wear a bra. I would choose not to, and then I'd wear a heavy coat, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't forget <laughs> or underwear. I, also, I've had I've heard people say like it happened no like somebody in a fitting, you know, yeah. like and and you'll find out they're just like, oh, it's gonna be so weird today when I try on stuff because I totally forgot to wear underwear. And I'm like, I've never. Choose, yeah, choose, but it's like choice, right. choice. Like I thought about, yeah, considered the entire day. I didn't wear underwear once to preschool, and I remember, <laughs> I remember sitting on the playground, like in playing in the sand, and all of a sudden realizing it and feeling just so like weird and uncomfortable. That's the last time I have forgotten to put on underwear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm just I'm trying to think of the bra thing. I have my hands behind my back. I guess. Some bras, if there's like three little hooks and three different positions that the hooks could be in, I guess you could it, sort of yeah. like if you're trying to like if you're in a rush and you button a shirt and then and the shirt miss, tail miss is longer. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Front closures are hard, I think. Remember when those were all the rages though they yes. were easier? I think they're so hard. I think so too because you have to like – It's a slot thing. Jeff, you don't know, but it's like – He might. You might. Although- oh, I might. <laughs> <laughs> um but the, it's like it's a cylinder. It's a hollowed out cylinder with a notch, and then another notch that has to like come up, go over, and then twist. It's uh, it's way too much. Yeah, I don't, I don't need the front closure. N- What's no. the benefit of it? Flashing. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess so. I guess it looks cooler when you take it off, as opposed to like, <laughs> that. The sort. Of, I don't know. <laughs> Is that what you do when you yeah. take your rub? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I unhook and then I slide through a sleeve and then slide through another sleeve. Nice. I don't know why. Hmm. Okay. Ray Morgan says, and this is the last one, even though I'm long past being a teenager, I'll still get a zit every five years or so. Hashtag just mirror everyone. Listen, Ray. Uh, every day. That's what I was, every, every five, five years, years. You are so ahead of the game. Wow. Then that is being passed. That is, if he's worried about like, why am I still having the acne stage? You're, you're not. If it's once every five years and it's just like, like, that's a pore. That's what skin is. Things get trapped. Yeah. No, I'm much more. Although. I fully still have pimples. Really? Weekly. Absolutely. Mine really, it really has gotten better within the last couple of years. You have great Um, skin. Oh, thank you. You have like the skin where you can't see pores. I do not have that. That's not true. You could sublet my pores. Um. But I have dealt with adult acne uh, the whole time I've been an adult, except like I said, it's gotten better in the last couple of years in terms of not having breakouts all the time. But wait, have you had any sort of like laser skin treatment, any sort of thing like that? I tried to get, what is it? Um, fra- fractal, fra- fractal something. It's a laser treatment mm-hmm. that's for, um, I have a little bit of like a rosacea thing around the nose, but they actually decided those are like more broken capillaries. Mm. Um, but it, it's for like, it's for fine lines, but it's also for um, acne. I don't have like crazy acne, just just like little breakouts. I just I don't can't get see them. any. You're very sweet. Um, but uh, no, it's never like, it's not anything that's a big deal, but um, mostly like, you know, the jawline stuff that people get. Um, so th- anyway, this laser is supposed to help like just have like dewy looking skin and then do fine lines. And I just have skin that um, is in the one percentile that freaks out from things. Like mm. if it's never bothered anybody else, it'll bother me. And so I, the dots where they do the laser, like 
bizarrely to the point where they called in other doctors to look at it because they've never even seen it before made shadow marks that took a month to go away so i had a grid on my face oh no were you you must have been they were like we've it's not even in like textbooks i i wasn't i mean you could cover them with makeup you Mm -hmm. i mean i did um i I wasn't mad i because i honestly believed that it wasn't um uh, this is us going to like giving reason. <laughs> I'm like, right. my face is it's totally fine. They're like, we burned your face up. Yeah, but she had a bad day. Um, I know. I didn't think it was negligent at all. I just, I, right. I, you know, and you sign a form saying like, there can always be a 1% person that has like some sensitive reaction. So right. I don't know. Have you, have you? No, I haven't. I, um, I have the sort of these like dark spots on my face. So I, I the freckling, you have cute freckles. I have like little splotches though. I actually used a cream that – okay. So I have these little splotches on my – there's a name for them. I don't know if it's a melasma or something. Just oh, like I have little, melasma on my forehead. You do? And I did want to try to get rid of that. I have a little bit of makeup on it now. But you can lightly see – it's a very light kind of jigsaw paddle oh, pattern yeah, that does I that. The makeup's covering it well because I don't see it. It came from an attempt to use uh, birth control. Certain people get that from using Yeah, it's, it can be a reaction to hormones. Yep. So I have like a few splotches on my uh, – a few dark, dark – splotches on my face that used to be a lot darker and i went to see a dermatologist and he recommended a laser treatment Mm. um but he said it like it would take 10 days or something afterwards for the redness and the whatever peeling and stuff to go down and i was afraid of it to begin with and then i was afraid of not knowing how i was going to look for 10 days after and there is a skin bleaching cream you can use mm-hmm. it just takes months and months and months. i use that and you have to keep up with that yes yeah, so yeah, that's, that's what, what i, I did that. um and for the longest time i was like this is not working i need to just make an appointment to get my face lasered off um and and then i then all of a sudden i don't know how many months into it though i think daniel my husband was like you know they really do look lighter hmm. and now they're i i still see them but they're quite a bit lighter um, yeah, and you have to keep up with it. If yeah. I stop using it, it for like a month, like it comes farts. back. It's it smells. That cream Talk smells about smell guy. Like farts. Smell guy does not want to smell these. No. this cream. No, no. it sucks. Yeah. It's, yeah, you can't get away with like sliding into bed and not Mm-mm. saying you put your fart cream on because you can fucking <laughs> smell it everywhere. Yeah, it sucks. it's bad. It was so much fun having you on the show. It was so again. much fun being here. Thank you, you guys. We have ringtones available. Hey, hey, hey! Go, go fuck yourself. And also. Get these by going to alisonrosen.com and then click on the store. We also have uh, special bonus episodes available and songs and all sorts of stuff. T-shirts available, all sorts of fun stuff. So go to alisonrosen.com for that. And follow me on Twitter at alisonrosen. Show's Twitter feed at A-R-I-Y-N-B-F. behind the scenes videos youtube.com slash allison rosen and i'm um i'm now on snapchat trying to learn how to do it allison rosen bff is my is my snapchat name add me jeff where should we go for you you can find me pretending to do the new york times crossword puzzle on facebook and twitter (laughs) but what's your name colonel jeff (laughs) (laughs) i'm just all over doing it And Ray Seahorn, tell everyone where they should go to find you. Oh, uh, please go to Twitter and Instagram. I enjoy talking to um, fans of the show uh, and and just fans in general, fans of Allison's, fans of Jeffrey's. Um, at just Ray Seahorn, R E H E R H E A S E E H O R N. Um, both Twitter and Instagram. And watch Better Call Saul. Yeah, how many episodes? 
are left in this season. Monday's at 10, and this Monday will be episode 7. And if you miss it within the first month, amc.com, you can watch uh, whatever the most recent one that's aired. After that, um, it's iTunes, and season 1 is on Netflix. Perfect. Thank you again so much. Listeners, thank you for listening. Thanks for having me. Goodbye. Hey, do you know about the Allison Rosen Show? 